On this morning's show, we are joined by Alex Wong, the director of Alex KY Wong Asset Management. Good morning, Alex. Hi, good morning. And by Andy Maynard, who is Global Head of Equities at China Renaissance. Good morning, Andy. Morning. Um, so we've had some mixed data coming out of the US. I mean, we've seen, I mean, although we've, we've seen Thanksgiving Black Monday sales soar to record levels, although, as we heard in the report earlier, it seems to be that people are buying discounted goods. Um, but we've also heard the housing starts continue to decline, and we're hearing that consumer confidence might drop tonight. So what does this all mean for the Fed going forward in terms of interest rates? Um, we'll start with you, Alex. I think uh, we are still lacking evidence that uh, the Fed will go into a lower rate soon. So I think uh, the U.S. economy has been more resilient than expected for quite some time. And, and this uh, holiday sales actually reinforced that real, I think. And um, although people probably are picking up discounted items, but they are still spending monies. So I think uh, overall the economy is still in good shape and we need more data uh, to, to change the course for the Fed, I think. So uh, in the meantime, I think the market actually is a little bit over-optimistic that we may have a rate cut as soon as uh, March next year. And Andy, I mean, we did, I mean, we've seen sales soaring over this weekend. Um, is it literally just down to the bargain? Is it the fact consumers asked? I mean, we're underestimating consumer confidence in the market. Or, um, and how will the Fed look at it? Well, I think that you're probably seeing the consumer resilience of the U.S. consumer. I mean, all the way through the last almost 24 months, nothing's really changed on the consumer side. So I wouldn't be surprised um, if the Fed, to be honest with you, largely ignores some of these data numbers. I mean, they've been very, very clear that they're not looking at one set of data, that it will be a series of data. And if a trend develops, that's where they're going to start to act. So in my mind, and, and probably some prob from most of the international investor community, they, they feel that the Fed will hold. It would be interesting to see the red remainder of this week, um, whether they come out I'll post their fireside chats, as they're calling it, um, as to give this a little bit of a, uh, a tone as to where they go. But I kind of agree with Alex. I think the market is expecting a cut at some point, probably later rather than sooner. But the whole policy seems to be in play at the moment. Alex, you mentioned that some people are now pricing price cuts from March. Does the data actually support that? I mean, as Andy just said, a lot of the data is still very, very supportive of a pretty healthy economy. Yeah. So why the negativity and why this pessimism? And is it just the desperation that people want to see rate cuts? Oh, I think uh, they're desperation and they are used to rate cuts uh, when, when the economy turns back. I think uh, they are a little bit um, um, learning from the experience and probably next year we will have the election. So they probably expect something to change. Uh, so um, that's why I think they are a little bit bullish. On, on, on that expectation. But I think uh, uh, the fact we're likely to be data dependent. So uh, unless we are seeing drastic change in the data trend, uh, otherwise we don't think that we have, would have a wake cut too soon. Andy, there is an election next year, but the Fed doesn't care about that, do they? In theory, no, but you will see both candidates, whoever they may be, really start to pander and put pressure on the Fed to make it easier for um, the general US public to start uh, feeling better about their coffers and their bank balances and especially on their mortgage repayment levels. So I do feel that the Fed will probably play um, second fiddle to the, the, the geopolitical, sorry, the political wranglings that's going to be ongoing when it leads into the election. That being said, I wouldn't be surprised if you see some a lot of pressure coming on, um, especially from Congress and the Senate as we lead into uh, um, these uh, um, 
pre-posturing of the election period. So in my mind, no, they won't care. Their job is to govern the, the economy. Um, but obviously a strong economy makes for an easier election, whatever that candidate may be. So again, I do feel that we will probably see an easing of the rhetoric going into the election year. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if maybe after Easter or even into the summer, you're starting to see some cuts. But then when you look at the longer stated yields, they've come down quite considerably. I mean, for tenure had touched 5%. We're now down back to 4.4%, 4.39 overnight. Um, mortgage rates, 30-year mortgage rates went over 8%. They've come back, uh, pulled back considerably as well. Um, so won't that now start spurring some more demand from the consumers and you know them starting to feel a little bit better about rates again and therefore might actually push the Fed to not necessarily look at cutting rates throughout the year? Um, how about that, Alex? Oh, I think uh, we are we are back from a uh, panic situation in the bond market. So we are we can we can only say that the market actually stabilized in the bond. Uh, so um, a, a retreat actually is helpful, but I think uh, uh, it is still a little bit higher than before. And I think uh, probably we would not see uh, the bond market uh, to to go back to the previous levels. Uh, to, uh, uh, the yield probably will stay at current level for quite some time, I think, because people probably would demand a higher term premium. So I think uh, the Fed probably would, would, would assume that uh, the longer rates uh, would stay uh, a little bit low, higher at current level. And have you got any thoughts about the longer term bonds and then uh, the mortgage rates in the US as well? I think they stay pretty much where they are, and I agree with Alex, they've stabilised, and especially if you looked at last night's action, you know, it was a pretty decent bond sale that went in and went largely um, uneventful, um, of almost $58 billion worth of debt was sold. Um, so I think, in my mind, the Fed looks more at the inflation figures in terms of its course of direction and its course of action, and, and if that inflation figure continues to navigate around that magical 2% number that Powell is ever so constantly banging the, the beat on, um, then I think that's really going to control policy much more than, than where the interest rates from the bond markets yields point of view or even the, the mortgage rate sensitive areas are going to be. Um, that being said, you know, banks will be banks and, and some of the US banks um, will, will definitely be pushing for uh, an easier econ economic activity in terms of action going into the election year. So I do feel that inflation is the key um, and the inflation figures are the key and I think that's where the Fed will, will pose its, its, its directions for. And at the moment, they seem pretty healthy and they seem pretty good. The economy incredibly resilient, consumer so far resilient, debt figures rising a little bit on the personal income side. But Overall, then you probably, and I agree with Alex, you know, that sort of fear is, is largely dissipated and probably moved to the Eurozone at the moment over the US. Yeah, I think oil prices coming down below 80 will certainly help, as will um, the lower supply chain costs. Um, let's move on to our second favourite topic of the year, since, um, you know, we're getting towards the end of the year, we might as well continue the themes and let's talk about China. Um, so we've had the industrial profits data come out on Monday. I mean, the general consensus is that China's starting to bottom out. Does that lead to, say, what would be a positive year in the markets next year? And I'll start with you there, Andy, this time. 
For a 2024 point of view, yeah, I'll be incredibly bullish. I don't think there's that much more downside that you can see into the market. And especially when you look at the ownership levels from the foreign investors, it's it's anemic levels. So as much negativity has already been absorbed um, and, and really it's the under ownership levels that worry me the most at the moment going forward. So I think any trend of data that we're going to start to see and again similar to the US I don't think one data point points to any major direction whatsoever um, but any trend of, of data that we start to see in line with continued stimulus coming out of Beijing I think the market's going to react to incredibly incredibly well I feel we've got a lot of volatility especially in the short term um, stocks move incredibly aggressively both up and down um, but that's just the general nature of the lack of liquidity that's happening in the market at the moment whether that be the US ADRs or the H shares here or even the A shares onshore liquidity is is really really um, dearth at the moment so from my point of view if you're going to own China you own it now um, because I don't really feel that there's that much downside um, that is left to be absorbed into the market. Um, and from that point of view, then obviously the biggest key indicator will be the property side. So I'm sure we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, but that's really the key indicator for us in, in what happens in the property market and the debt side of that, of the, of the, especially the larger developers. Um, Alex? No, I, I'm not as bullish as Andy. I think uh, we probably uh, may still need some very strong catalyst to turn things around. Right now, I think uh, negativity still remains. If you look at uh, the consumer sectors in Hong Kong, they are actually making new lows uh, despite the overall market stabilization. But I think uh, there are some good suits. Um, people are picking up Baidu right now because after the results and because they probably are more interested in playing the China AI film. And, and so, and, and probably the overall exposure is so low, so they would try to pick someone, uh, to own. And, and also if you look at the exporter sector sector, they are also doing okay. So I think, uh, people probably are having some interest back, but uh, they are a little bit concerned about the uh, domestic uh, side of China economy. If you look at the consumer side, actually, they are still under pressure. So I think uh, we probably may still see some polarized uh, activities in the Chinese market. And, and I think the overall momentum may not be too strong. So do you feel as well as the economy, there's also the concern from overseas investors and what's going to keep them away is the fact that you keep having investigations into the, all these into these companies. I mean, Zhongxi is another company that's just started, you know, having an investigation against it. Um, but every few weeks, we seem to hear of another company being investigated. And does that not keep the foreign investors away? Um, we've only got about a minute left. So I'll start with you, Andy, and then we'll move to Alex. Yep. One of the many, many, many reasons that will keep a foreign investor away, but I, I would just um, add to that that this is nothing new. And I think most investors that run a China portfolio or a China fund or have China as a major part of their investment thesis has, has learned to live with that over the years. So in, 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 its, in its singular form, no, um, but as a combination of catalysts that would keep an international institutional investor outside the market, yes, it still exists. And sector by sector, we seem to be knocking them down off the list. Though, again, it seems to be that the, the rhetoric or the bark is worse than the bite, it seems, in the, in the latest couple of rounds. This one remains to be seen. And Alex, you've got the last 30 seconds um, on your thoughts on that. Yeah, of course, I think this was the exist and probably this was limited upside on those uh, mega techs uh, in China. So I think uh, this is why the index probably may not have too much upside. But I think, uh, as I've said, I think people would pick the com companies which they feel comfortable. So probably exporters uh, would be the film for, 
for in 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 the current situation. Okay, given we've got still twenty seconds left, in one word each, what should people? Which would be your favourite market in twenty twenty four? Start with you, Andy. I'll say Greater China, to be brutally honest with you. If you look at PE ratios, if you look at um, legacy, if you look at historics, it's cheap as it can be. And if you're not going to own China now, you probably won't for a long time. And Alex, in one word? Oh, it's difficult to call. I I am a little bit interested in Europe, actually. I think uh, Europe probably may may cut rates uh, sooner than the US. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Um, That was Alex Wong of Alex K. Wong Asset Management and uh, Andy Maynard. of greater of china renaissance thank you guys for coming in that was a great chat